Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison, and you're listening to episode seven of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to episode seven. So as you can see, we are talking about... um, what the Christian body does not know, but it can kind of be seen in two different ways. If you think about it, I was thinking about this recently. Um, the Christian body, like as a whole, our Christian, like the church doesn't know about their bodies, but also your body does not know itself. So I thought that was pretty clever, but anyways, let's get it to the podcast. Right. So I really hope that first part made sense. But if it doesn't, just uh, we'll act like it didn't happen. <laughs> Did not even happen. Um, so what the Christian body doesn't know. Um, so I want to refer back to the conversation we had about um, being sexually immature when I talked about it in episode five, when I spoke about the girl on Married at First Sight. Um, I just want to clarify what I meant by that. So I'm not telling Christians, let's get active <laughs> I'm not saying uh, try before you buy. When I say someone's sexually mature, I'm talking about when you stay uneducated about sexuality um, and you're uncomfortable about the subject. When you avoid these conversations and don't look for healthy, biblically sound answers to your questions, you are doing yourself a disservice, words. Um, But also when people aren't giving you that information, they're doing you a disservice. So it's not just those of you who didn't receive the information or those who just haven't engage in sexual acts I would say that the people like the way that people in the world operate when it comes to sex is also sexually immature having sex with random people or engaging in sexual acts before marriage goes against the design for sex as well so I consider that as sexual immaturity for the same reason I say the girl from married at first sight isn't sexually mature which is for the lack of information or understanding um of what sex is actually for or what its um, intent is. Now, this episode is titled What the Christian Body Doesn't Know, but a lot of people, regardless of religious beliefs or backgrounds, don't know their bodies. Now, in general, us humans have been on this earth for a hot minute, long enough for us to have several generations and learn from past mistakes and build upon past learnings. But still in 2021, when psychologists and neurologists are asked about what we do know about the brain, they will still say not much. When I was taking my anatomy and physiology class in undergrad, I think my professor said we understand like 2% of the brain. And then we just had to like remember that for the test and just move on. But like how, how you don't know you teaching anatomy and physiology and you don't know what you even studying. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I could not dedicate my life to studying something I will never fully understand. Like people really out here calling themselves brain studiers, but can barely understand what they're studying. But now I feel ignorant because I say I know God, but my man's is more advanced than the brain. So anyways, um, I say all this to say one thing you can get fam- familiar with is your body. You're allowed to do that. So I've said multiple times that sexual pleasure is godly in the correct context. So getting to know our bodies probably makes pastors cringe, but I think many people are afraid to encourage exploration because it may cause arousal. And I would assume that it's similar to like marijuana. They, they say like it's a, a gateway drug. Like if 
some people would have it their way. Uh, it'd be like completely fine if Christians only knew how to use the bathroom and how to shower and like maybe exercise. But that's basically like if you were to go into a phone store and they give you the phone and they're like, okay, we're all set. So here you go. Um, look over it a little bit. But um, you can only use like calling and texting, like all that social media stuff and those apps. You can figure out when it's time, but it's it's like there. But like you could you can look at it, but don't touch it. Or like look into it for too long like that's really confusing and as it says in first corinthians fourteen thirty three, my god ain't a god of confusion so anytime a pastor is saying something you feel like doesn't line up with scripture or anyone you're allowed to question that and return to scripture to know the truth god welcomes questions and desires uh for you to seek wisdom he tells us to um question what we're learning so I read this book in my master's called The Gift of Sex. Um, I can't remember who it's by, um, but it's a Christian author, so you should be able to find it. And uh, I really would only recommend that you read this book if you're engaged or married because it deals with different sexual issues that occur in marriage. And there are some instructional aspects, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like sexual activities to do with your spouse to increase romance and help with different things like erectile dysfunction or lack of sexual desire in wives. And if you ain't in a marriage, that don't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> but this book does do a good job of helping people explore their own bodies and their partner's bodies. Um, and this book also did a great job of communicating that it's important for Christians to know their bodies. Um, I think we usually hear po pastors use the phrasing about like our temple only to bring correction for those not respecting their bodies. But I think we should also be encouraged towards the opposite as well. Our bodies have the Holy Spirit dwelling in it. Our bodies were knit in our mother's womb with intent and care. And my God makes beautiful things. And if you disagree with your outward beauty, I would at least hope that you would be able to acknowledge the fact that your body works beautifully to keep you alive, to keep you moving each organ was built with you in mind, down to the fact that most people don't even have to put any thought into the intricacies and the functioning of your temple. And if you don't believe in your outward beauty, I do pray that you would find the confidence um, in your beauty um, because like your creator, like the, the one who created this whole earth spent time to create you. And that's beautiful. So if you just need to rewind and listen to what I've just said multiple times until you believe it, please do that because it's the truth. And why would God give you a body to live in your whole life? Like you cannot leave you. You can't you can't leave you somewhere like you'd be leaving your keys or, or your your wallet or something somewhere. You are stuck with you. And I, I don't believe he'd be disappointed or condemned uh, or want to condemn you for getting to know your body. Um, we are called to steward everything we are given on this earth and our bodies are included in that call. Now, sometimes I watch stupid TV shows and I'm probably not alone in this. Um, and one that I watched was called Too Hot to Handle. And I'm just cringing hearing myself say that out loud. Um, but basically they brought together a bunch of hot people and the participants were under the impression that it would be similar to like a show, like real world or like a, a dating show or something like that. Um, but when they all arrived, they realized that in order for them to win a lot of money, no one could have sex. And as you know, in the world, everyone's like, what? Whoa, how can I live without sex? I'm going to die out here. 
blah 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 you know so it's it's my kind of show and it's literally like watching research happen before your very eyes so I was so excited when I realized this was the challenge and spoiler alert some of them end up losing the group money go figure who would have thought but in one of the episodes it guest starred a uh, sexologist named Shan Booty now she is not a Christian sexologist so I want to put that out there, just disclaimer before you go looking for her. But when I became interested in sex education, I would watch her videos because some of them were helpful in understanding different things. But when I saw her on the show, it felt like I'm like my friends on TV, like, oh, shoot, that's Shan. But she didn't exercise with the girls on the show and they were all standing in their own little cubicles, if you will. They were outside in the beautiful tropics and she had them hold a mirror and just spend time just looking at their vulvas. Now, I think one reason that men are more likely to be considered more sexual than women is because they simply know their bodies better. And it's really by default. Men have more interaction with their genitalia. They see it more often. They have to interact with it to uh, use the bathroom. It's just like more interaction for them. Um, I can almost guarantee you that if there we were to do something similar to like a criminal lineup for women's genitalia, it may be hard for a lot of women to pick their vulvas out in like a lineup. And just to clarify, I'm saying vulva because your vagina is actually the inner aspect of your genitalia. Um, what you can actually see is considered your vulva. And for the guys that are like, oh, about to skip forward, don't do it. Uh, or you like you feel uncomfortable here it's okay you can stay and listen this is important for you to learn if you plan to get married and uh, you want to learn your wife's body you will have to be a good steward of her body as she will be to yours so um that's why my professor didn't like split my human sexuality class up when we had to learn about the anatomy of genitalia it's important to learn both and there's nothing wrong with you having this knowledge so Men really only have the upper hand because they're more familiar with their genitalia. Also, men can visibly see when they experience arousal. And I'm sure there are times when guys would rather this not be the case. <laughs> and they've even gone as far as developing fancy ways to hide it. But women don't have this experience of arousal. So Richards has actually shown that women have a delayed response to excuse me, a delayed response to arousal. And some even with the evidence of uh, vaginal lubrication may be unaware of arousal. So we've got some things stacked up against us. So this is not, um, it's not to say that like you should try to arouse yourself, but I do think it's important for you to at least be able to pick your vulva out of a lineup and explore your vulva, explore your vagina, just explore your body in general. That applies to guys listening too. Just set time aside, maybe set a five minute timer. I don't know. Just explore your body. And if arousal happens unintentionally, you're okay. God will not be angry at you. Now, I want to speak a little bit to the dark side of not being allowed to explore your body from a young age. People can experience erections and vaginal lubrication as infants. So it's not nasty. It's not always a response to lust. It's just how your body works sometimes. So when people are shamed for these things or these conversations don't happen from a young age, it can leave children more vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Not even just children, even young adults or adults because they don't have this information. In a talk I did in my master's, I spoke about how 
research shows that people are like less likely to take advantage of children when they know the proper names of their anatomy. It shows potential per- perpetrators that someone is speaking to this child about sex and it tends to be more discouraging to them. So this is why I encourage parents to first get to know their own anatomy, right? Because just because you're having sex doesn't mean you can locate your mom's pubis or your husband's vast difference. You see what I'm saying? And you may be thinking, why do I even need to know like these things? What does this even matter? Well, it creates a level of confidence. And for women, it allows for more oneness with your genitalia. Um, One of the girls in the show that I referred to earlier said that she literally never looked at her vagina um, like that. And she said, wow, I need to be more protective of this because it looks like heaven down here. Another girl said that she used to be insecure about how her vagina looked because when she would watch pornography, they didn't look like hers. And sidebar, that's a whole, that's a subject for a whole nother conversation. But she said it made her feel powerful after just simply getting to know her genitalia. And another girl said that she, um, she said, I will definitely be treating my yoni. That's the word they were using in the show differently now. I feel much more respect for it and I feel empowered by it. And whoever I give it to next is going to respect it as well. And that's my desire for all of you that are listening. If these girls who seem to not know Jesus can come to an understanding of the respect and oneness you can have with your genitalia, then how much more can you be caring when you know the one who created your temple and you're living like you know the intention that God put into it and you know the person who created it. So Even for the guys who are still listening, (laughs) get to know your bodies and be mindful of how Christ desires to for you to save your intimacy for marriage. But also you can learn to respect others bodies and knowing that it's not just an object for your own pleasure, but a temple where the Holy Spirit dwells and should be treated as such before marriage and within marriage as well. Also, little fun fact for you guys, the female mammal is actually one of the only species with an organ that is only the only function is for pleasure, which is your clitoris. So that's a nod to the fact that sex is supposed to be enjoyable and we're learning new things, right? So now you know that about yourself. That doesn't mean you have to go doing some wild stuff, but it allows you to just know yourself more and be more one with the body that God has given you. Um, Now in the same vein, I want to pivot a little bit and speak about how um, our mind and our body interacts. So Dr. Costello, who is a psychiatrist and sex therapist, made a helpful distinction by saying that the difference between libido being your sex drive and um, sexual arousal is that one is in your mind, which is libido, and the other is happening in your body. So the arousal is pretty much the physical manifestation of your thoughts, but they are pretty intertwined. So in our episode about sexual desire, we spoke about the thought process, but as I've been speaking about, getting to know your body is of great importance as well. But I want to speak about how intertwined our body and our mind and our body is um, referring to emotionally. Um, now, in marriages, one of the first things to go is actually um, sex when there's a lack of emotional closeness. So if we think about this, it's not just like a fun physical act, but it is actually a bonding experience. Doesn't matter if you're married or not. Both of your bodies involuntarily release oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. When you become careless with sex and sex often, you can build a tolerance, which can become addicting and cause you to need another high. 
which happens um, with people who have sex addictions or just any addiction. That's usually how it happens. But this is a very vulnerable and intimate experience, and it shouldn't be minimized to anything other than that. So a lot of the time when women struggle with vaginal arousal, it is because of a lack of emotional closeness, and it happens for men too in other ways. For example, with erectile dysfunction, um, for the gen, for the, I was going to say genitalia for the millennials, the struggle to get it up is how you'd probably refer to that. So for men, it can be a lack of closeness, but it might just be fear or not feeling safe. So a lot of men have the fear of underperforming, um, even in marriage and that anxiety can make it worse because it can affect the blood flow to the penis and so on and so forth. And the book uh um the gift of sex can help with that as well so um another interesting way that this is made evident is that our bodies process emotional pain the same way that it processes physical pain so when you experience a a broken heart or someone hurts you deeply um obviously your heart is not breaking but you can feel the effect of that emotional pain on your body Um, If I were to ask you to simply think of a time your heart was broken, you may feel it in your body as you think about it, even though you're not back there. Um, Maybe it was shortness of breath or your body is physically producing tears. You may even feel sick to your stomach. Um, There was actually a study done where they would have people experience different levels of pain until they couldn't take it anymore. And the times when people were accompanied by someone that they loved, they were actually able to endure more pain. And that right there just makes me want to cry because it just points to the importance of community, of love, uh, of um, just being like love just changes things so much for you. And um, it just also shows you how intertwined your bodies um, and your emotions are. So I, I just want you to think for a second. Um if my being is so intertwined, my soul, my mind, my body, how are the acts I engage in affecting me? And I want to read you something a friend shared with me recently. She spoke about her relationship with her father and how it lacked affection. Um, Also remember how emotions are in our bodies are intertwined. And she says, "Um, I turned to boys for attention when I was 17, about to turn 18, and I lost my virginity. For a few years, I skipped around relationships while I was still trying to pursue my relationship with God, and I always felt guilty guilty about having sex outside of marriage, but the cycle continued. I finally kind of came to a breaking point and gave myself some time, which was not enough time, and I recommitted my life to Christ, and then I found my husband. We got married, and I thought in marriage, the marriage bed uh, is where everything is sacred. There would be no shame or guilt around it, yet I still find myself feeling that. I pray and I go to counseling for it, but it's been a huge struggle for almost the whole two years of my marriage, and it's really been rough. Now, some of this goes back to the final episode, um, the first episode, sorry, um, around the importance of learning that sex is a good thing, but also when you allow yourself to partake in something that is not meant for you, um, it can skew things. It can skew that thing itself. So... Now shame and emotion has skewed a beautiful act, even after it has entered its right context for my friend. And this was a recent conversation. She is in counseling and she prays and it continues to be rough. And I hope this helps you see that God does not just create boundaries to like puff his chest and assert his authority. 
Um, he is the one that gives you good gifts. He's the only one that good gifts, good gifts come from. And he knows what's the, like what's best for you and when the best time for that is for you to enjoy that gift. Um, I created this podcast because it breaks my heart to know that if Christians knew the truth about sexuality, it would literally free them from a lot of pain. It's just sad to me. And, and first Corinthians six eighteen says flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. And as it's been made evident through my friend's experience, it becomes an internal struggle simply within your relationship with yourself. When you make a habit of doing something, you know, is bad for you. It damages your relationship with you. It makes it harder for you to trust your decisions, to keep your word to yourself. And the list goes on. Most importantly, it, it grieves your father. And I don't mean that in the disappointing way, like wagging your finger. I mean, it hurts him to see you hurt. So if this is your struggle, bring it to the father and drench yourself in the truth of the word. Find people who love you to help you hold, help hold you accountable. And to those of you who are nervous to get to know your body, you don't have to be. And it is pleasing to the Lord that you desire to get to know your temple. So I hope this has been a freeing talk for you guys. Um, never hesitate to chat with me at the Parallel Pod um, on Instagram. And remember to speak the truth in love, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.